the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along this gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. Well, uh, I'd like to say, at least in this corner of the world, all is right and well. Mm-hmm. There are several members of the staff here at the station wearing black armbands, mm-hmm. armbands today. Mm-hmm. They are decrying the loss last night mm-hmm. of the beloved Pittsburgh Penguins that will no longer move forward and uphold the Stanley Cup. Kath, yourself, how are you today? Well, I don't know what to do with June if there's no parade. I feel pretty good about now that we've got June back. Well, listen to you. No, I mean... Like the Pens were stealing June from you. Well, kind of they were. Oh, come on. I mean, you know, all that time invested in television and watching and fretting and... That was was just... It was tying you up too much. You know it was tense. (laughs) It was very tense. It was a mental health pandemic. It was. I was... I told you I was physically sick last night. Of course you were. You among many others. And now that that veil has been lifted, we are free to go on The veil is lifted, Mike. Are you catching this? The veil's lifted. It's true. The veil's lifted. I don't like the way he's talking. No, no. I'm not dissing the pens or anybody. I'm a fan. How is that not dissing the pens? It's not. I'm just saying... The veil is lifted when they lose. I don't have to go to a a championship parade. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Mike. I hate those parades. They just just take it out of me, Mike. Listen, you get my point, okay? I I do get your point. Things have freed up for me considerably. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, you guys. Oh my Jeez. gosh! Jumping on me for like you know the use of adverbs. The Wasn't heck? it frustrating last night watching that? Terrible. You think? Yeah, of course it was. Wasn't it frustrating? It was like they couldn't set anything up. No, they weren't looking to pass no. to each other at all. No, they were just like let me just throw the puck. Yeah, here. that's what it was mm. like. I just we want more of that. That's a good time, you guys. <laughs> Okay, we want more. That's a good time. That's not what we're asking for here, John. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's not like we, we need to like see the puck go in for the caps and say, well, thank goodness, because the veil's lifted. <laughs> I'll tell go. you what, what is lifted. The monkey off the Capitals' back. You got that right. Yeah, I know. Good yeah. for them. I Let's hope, go Bucks. I hope Tampa Bay eats them alive. They will. Okay, you know I am all in for Vegas. Oh, oh of course, course you are. are. <laughs> hey, owe me a Coke. <laughs> Of course, Mark Andre. All in for Vegas. Yes, yes. I'm a yes. huge fan, so I'm excited about that. Very nice. So it's been a frustrating day for you on many counts. It's rare that you know, you know, in this relationship you and I have, yes. that there is this veil of tension. Yeah. Speaking of the veil that's been lifted, wait, fifty thousand watts of ding going on here. Yeah. Oh, that's my smallish. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Oh, it's sweet. Very good. Okay, so you had a little problem there with Sears. <laughs> Oh, let's go there. I was, ho- I was hoping I could just forget it and be professional and move on to the radio program. No, no, come on. I just, You're I, upset. You're you know, really upset. I can't handle bad customer service. Yeah. I just can't. In this day and age when we have so many options in places that we can go, we don't have to go to a brick and mortar store. We can order online. We can do all those things. When people don't try to handle problems in an efficient manner and in a way that is customer oriented, it just mm. lights me up. And I just finished having an incredibly 
what did it sound like? Cantankerous. Contentious. Contentious conversation yeah. on the air. It was a little now. tight. I got tight. I mean, I, you know, I felt better. Wait, was it like when you were a kid hearing your parents fight? Kind of. That's what it felt like. like if I could try to make this better for you, I would I would go and fix your ice maker. Yeah, I'd like for you to fix my ice maker. Unfortunately, I just don't have any expertise. Yeah, there. well, you know what? My ice maker's not going to be fixed because, of course, something's happened to the appointment. It's been canceled. Again. Mm-hmm. Again. Ah, the frustrations of modern day life. That's really wonderful. But that's okay, John. I'm moving on. I'm thinking about okay. other things. I'll tell you Shake right it now. out. Shake it out, Kath. All right. So here's the news. Uh, we've been talking about the Southern Baptist Convention's um, controversy that began last week when audio recordings surfaced um, in which Paige Patterson, who's a high-profile leader in that denomination, said that abused wives should avoid divorce, pray for their violent husbands, and, quote, be submissive in every way you can. Uh, Patterson is no longer the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, but he is the president of one of their flagship seminaries, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. So when those audio recordings came out, of course, there started a a tremendous discussion in blog sites and Twitter and on Facebook, um, all over the web, especially people who are part of that denomination, because that's their family, right? right. And this is is something that they need to speak um, of it. They need to speak of it, they need to work it out, and they need to take care of it. Well, since then, there have been um, several clarifications that have happened. Um, Sarah Pulliam Bailey has done some great reporting on this for the Washington Post. She talked to Paige Patterson and said, hey, listen, these recordings were 18 years ago. You still standing by this? And he said, Absolutely. I have nothing to apologize for. Mm -hmm. She said, great. Just so we know that that's where you stand. So the articles go on. Um, Beth Moore, who is a um, well-known international Bible teacher, part of this denomination, has made a statement about it. Um, And now many other women have gathered around and there's a petition that has been launched by women who are part of the Southern Baptist denomination saying, we want change. And the change that should start is that Paige Patterson should resign. Yeah. So this is interesting that this has become a hashtag Me Too movement for, for Christians. That's essentially it, right? That uh, it has come home to roost in our own backyard. Right. right. Um, I think, you know, in all these things, look, what, what, who's the latest person was um, today? Oh, the uh, Attorney General of the state of, of New, New York. York. Right. That has come. It, Nike, it was under fire today, where there were mass regis, registration or resignations today. All that. So more and more, the old ways or the days of dealing with sexual attitudes in the workplace, mm. uh, in this environment, that's changed tremendously. Good. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. So Paige Patterson, my take on this is that Paige Patterson is 75 years of age. He's of used to being in this position of leadership. Right, and power, which he's been in for of course. many, many decades. And so, you know, his worldview is his worldview mm-hmm. uh, in this new arena, which I believe is a good and clean place to be. Not to say that Paige Patterson, his viewpoints biblically, biblically are wrong in any way. Uh, th- there's, there's room for discussion here. But he will not acquiesce on those. No. And I don't think uh, – you mean his, his views on, on uh, divorce? Yes. Right. Because I think that his views on abuse are clearly wrong. Yes, they are. But his views on divorce are long-held biblical views. They are long-held biblical views. But, I mean, again, you know, when we, brought the, when we talked about this last week, I brought up the idea of the Sabbath, that when – you know, we have to look at what the principle is we're talking about. So, you know, Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. He got in trouble with the Pharisees for doing good, yes. for healing on the Sabbath, because the Pharisees said, you're violating the Sabbath. And Jesus said, no, you're missing the point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath 
was not the man man wasn't made for the sabbath sabbath was made for man it's supposed to be a gift for us yes. right it's not supposed to be a regulation that chokes us it's the same to me in marriage which is that marriage was given to us as a gift. We're not supposed to get divorced because that is not according to the heart of God for us as covenant people. But at the same time, that should not be a regulation that chokes us. If you are a woman and you're getting beat up by your husband, your obligation is not to stay married to him. Yes, I agree 100%. There's no doubt about that. But that's but that's different that, than what, what Paige Patterson is saying. 100%, yeah. I mean, this goes, we need to have deeper, longer discussions about this. We're only, we're talking about this this is because this has been in the news, especially if you're a Christian following the news. This has been in the news. Mm-hmm. So as this and you week need unfolds, to, and, and we need to know about it, even, without a doubt. You know, this is not my denomination, and so I'm kind of sitting. But you're, by, you're a believer. But I'm a believer, and when these are brothers and sisters of ours, and and I think it's important that we pray for them and we support them as they work this out in their, you know, subsection of the church, capital C. It affects us as well. But it affects us as well, and and how how these people in this denomination deal with this issue is going to matter to the church around the world. No doubt. It's fascinating to watch it unfold. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back and speak with Dennis Handley. Dennis is the pastor at Swiss Helm Park Primitive Methodist Church. Dennis will join us to talk about love and truth. That's next here, the ride home with John and Kathy. 101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. Growing up, we take on patterns of thinking and behavior modeled by our parents. Some are helpful, but others hinder our progress and keep us locked into cycles of sin. This week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald helps us get free from the strongholds of disposition and family dysfunction as we continue our series called Think Differently. Listen all week to Walk in the Word. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. Were you born before the year 1956? If so, did you know you could be collecting between $575 and $2,200 in tax-free income right now? All thanks to the FHA. Or what about this? Did you know 54 U.S. congressmen have used a special tax-free account to earn up to 35 times more on their money? It's true, and you can do it too. These are just two of the secrets revealed inside a stunning new book from the Palm Beach Research Group and Ted Benna, the man behind the 401k. You'll discover the 18 best cash cows that can help you earn up to an extra $6,800 a month. You can get your own free copy. Just go to 501kretire.com right now while there are still copies left. That's 501kretire.com. 501kretire.com. Get what's yours. Just go to 501kretire.com right now. 501kretire.com. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 19th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, 
Pharmacy at Palace Tech is available 24 hours a day, with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. The nation's largest Christian music festival, Creation Northeast, celebrating its 40th anniversary, returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, June 27th through the 30th, featuring Toby Bath, Fortune and Country, Jeremy Camp, Bethel Music, Mandisa, Hillsong Young and Free, Jordan Feliz, a special reunion of classic Petra and more, plus speakers Tony Nolan, Reed Saunders, Keith Adams, Abdu Murray, Vince Vitale, and more. Join thousands of believers in Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer, maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. What is truth? It's a question for the ages. Dennis Hanley is with us. Dennis is a pastor at Swiss Elm Park Primitive Methodist Church. Dennis, pleasure. Good to see you, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here, John. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Dennis, up until, what, 30 or 40 years ago, um, historians even debated whether Pontius Pilate was a real person. They said, you know, maybe it was just a weird, you know, another made-up thing from the Bible. Um, but, you know, there have been archaeological discoveries that have shown that he was an actual person. Um, just in the last year, what, there was uh, coins, coins that were found right. that had his name on it. An inscription in 1961 was sort of the first barometer that Pontius Pilate was, in fact, a historical figure. Yeah, so now historians have to acknowledge that, yeah, the Bible was right yes. about that and that Pontius Pilate was an actual person. Um, John and I were reading before we came to air today that passage in John, the conversation between Pilate and Jesus, um, where Jesus says, whoever is on this, whoever is on my side is on the side of truth. And then Pilate says the question. What is truth? What is truth? Mm-hmm. Well, from the very beginning, that's been the question. What even, is truth? Even when God told Adam and Eve, look, this is what you must do, and this is what you should not do in the garden. And what was the serpent's response? Did he really say? Did he really say that? Because at that point, man became inquisitive. Well, maybe there is something else. And if I do this, hey, I might surpass God. I might have more insight, more understanding. So truth might not really be there. It could be somewhere else. So from the beginning, that's been the quest of man. Yes. God says one thing, but maybe I have a better idea. So back with Pilate, even questioning his existence and then that question. Mm -hmm. What is truth? What is truth? Pilate's seeing one side that the Jewish leaders are looking at him and saying, look, this is the answer. He's looking at Jesus and he's seeing another thing. He's even looking at his wife. And what does she do? She says, don't have anything to do with this guy. She washes her hands. Think of these things. And and Pilate, likewise, as he does that, what am I going to do? But the question is, what is truth? What is truth? So now we live in a post-truth world, don't we? Well, your truth is not necessarily my truth, and I'm okay with that. Well, you can see the progression of society back in the 40s uh, through the 60s. We lived in a a Christian-driven society. And then you see the tip of history, what happens in the 60s, in that short period, now it becomes Christian-centered. Okay, think of the historical events that happened in those timelines. Then from the 70s through the 90s, we become Christian-leaning, and now 90s through the 2000s, we call it post-Christian, Yes. and now is it safe to say we're secular? The world that we live in. Mm. But Pilate was, I mean, obviously, it was a society of... 2,000 years ago on the other side of the globe. But he was basically the same way, asking, well, what's truth? What's really true? Because in our hearts, Kathy, don't we really desire for two things? Don't we desire at the end of the day to be loved and to be told the truth? Mm. 
But in the world that we live in today, we're so desperate to make it our way, they've become relative terms. Mm -hmm. Truth and love have their foundation Mm -hmm. in God. God alone, he is truth. God alone, he is love. And so in a society that has taken God and tries to remove him, but yet inside the needs of man still for truth and love to be understood, so they become relative terms, and, and we want to make them up. But the reality is until we find the truth in God, that's when truth and love truly are understood. And don't you think we all feel this? Right? No matter what we tell ourselves, I think all of us, whether we call ourselves believers or not, often there's an emptiness in our own hearts. There's a, a hole there that we just can't cover over until you know the truth of Christ. And even that, we tend to stray. When we go back to the reality of we were made how? In his image and in his likeness. So in that spirit of relation, we hunger for that love. We hunger for that truth. Even in the church today, you think of one of the surveys that Barna took how many years back, looking just from a perspective of, of a biblical worldview. And he came back to find this, that 9%, 4% of America has a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And then he peels the onion back a little bit more and finds of that 4% as believers, born-again believers, only, you ready? Guess what the number is? Hmm. Percent? Yeah. What do you think? Is it less than four? How about 9% within born-again believers? What? Are biblical Christians? As born-again believers, we have a biblical view, 9%, according to Barna. Wow. So if America has 4% as the population of a, of a biblical worldview, and then you look in that pocket of born-again believers, he says 9%. Isn't it pretty sad? Yeah. Okay, so why is is that? Is that because we don't read it? Well, what did Jesus tell the two guys on the road to Emmaus that day after the resurrection? They were sad. They were despondent. Mm -hmm. He said, what's wrong? All their hopes and dreams basically were shattered. We we really hoped this guy was the answer. Yeah. Well, some of the women said, we we think there was a resurrection. The word was they, they had something astonishing to say. But they were despondent. Now, they didn't know it was Jesus walking with them. Well, what, what did he say to them? He said, you're so foolish, and you were slow to believe the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And what is the Word? The Word is Jesus, the living Word. You were fools, and you were slow to believe that. And because of it, look where you are today. Hmm. So when you are working in your um, in your role as pastor – when people come to you for advice, or they come to you for you know advice. therapy or something like, or maybe you know, maybe as sort of, to explain a biblical passage or whatever, do you see this type of like what is truth attitude? Is this just kind of what's permeated our culture? Do we all think this way, kind of without realizing it, like we're you know the the frogs in the pot that's just slowly getting hotter? That, that's correct because in our minds, most of the time, we have it already made up. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe the answer is, and so unless you conform with what I think it is, sometimes yeah, they're looking for me just to agree, affirm with what it. Think, yeah. Tell tell me how they're wrong, because in my heart I know I'm right, and and I'll, I'll agree with you if it's true. But back to the relative term of what truth is and what love is, according to what I think it should be, that's where the clash is today, because I've already made up in my mind what it should be, and if I'm not walking in and obedience to the word and understanding Christ in my life and, and, and this infallible and error word is my guide. 
I'm making it up mm-hmm. because still I have that hunger, John, that you spoke about earlier, inside that need to be loved yes, and that need to have truth. But guess what? I'm going to make it up on my own when I don't have an understanding of who God is. So we live in these tribes where there's this, <clears throat> what, things go swaying back and forth. But the tribe of Jesus Christ, what keeps us on track is his holy word. The bottom line, that is God. God, the Word became what? Flesh. Flesh. And the Word dwelt among among us. us. To those who received Him, you've also received a Word. The right to become children of God. You got it. And so in the world today, as we do our best as the society to remove that, but yet inside that need and desire for truth and love is still there. And man, we're desperate. And don't you think today why uh, we see so much just hatred? And so much strife in the world because people are doing anything to try to find those answers except understanding what the truth comes from Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the truth does what? The truth sets us free. Yes. The truth is the one that brings that calm, brings that peace. The Bible says God loved us. He loved us so much that he gave. And what did he do? He gave his son so that in turn we might understand what life is. And not just eternal, but joy and peace here today and walking and understanding the truth that is before us that comes through Christ. Dennis Hanley's with us, Swiss Helm Park Primitive Methodist Church. But Dennis, it always comes back to us, right? As we say that we are believers in Jesus Christ, we say this, we don't necessarily live that. So then from outside that perspective, those who are not in the Word, those who do not know the, the, the truth of Christ, they see us and go, hypocrite, false, liar, cheat, thief just like the rest of the world. Well, John, when, when, when you say that, it, it, it's easy to throw rocks, yeah. okay? But we're called to, to do the right thing, okay? And so many times we think, well, I have to have the sharp word. I have to be quick. I have to give a response. And in so many ways, we just need to remember it, it, it's who we are, okay? This is who I am. And one of my phrases, my wife always says, well, you've said this for a while, but St. Francis of Assisi, he said what? Preach the word. If necessary, use words. <laughs> yeah. There it is. And, and Kathy, how many times does our mm-hmm. does our life not demonstrate both of those together? I'm into that. So many times, it's not what we say. Even with Jesus on the road that day, the, the word says on that on that road to Emmaus, didn't your heart just burn? Mm-hmm. That's the difference that you and I need to make, and that's perspective of love and truth. Mm-hmm. It's not so much what we say, but what we do. You'll forget what I said today. Okay, And for the most part, I hate to say this, but people will probably forget what John and Kathy say most of the time. But what won't they forget? How you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And if you're conveying truth and love in our actions, what happens at the end of the day? There's the difference. Therefore, let your light shine before men that they might see your good works. And I always struggled with that. It's not about me. No, but the rest of the Scripture says, as they see those, what will it do? It'll glorify the Father. So if my life is walking in an an area of of obedience and humility, it's not about John or Kathy or Dennis. It's through my life exemplifying love and truth from a biblical perspective that points them to see the Almighty God. Fabulous. Dennis, thanks for being with us. Dennis Hanley, Swiss Elm Park Primitive Methodist Church. Talk about the church for a minute. It's a little church in Swiss Elm Park. What's Primitive Methodist? I don't even know what that is. It's another word for original. Okay. And back in 1807, back in England, 
the church had its beginning, so about 211 years ago. And then as people made their way to, to the United States, uh, the church followed. And uh, we're part of a denomination of of about 60-plus churches here, started up in the coal country of Pennsylvania, made their way up into New England, and here we are huh. in Pittsburgh. Uh, matter of fact, Labor Day, or is it Memorial Day? Memor- uh, Memorial Day comes first. Yeah, I always get them confused. Yeah, I know. I understand. So I, I, no, I understand. I, I'm the same way. I looked at John, and he was over there. Yeah, that's me, too. But uh, No help. It's some holiday. We celebrate that weekend our 120th anniversary wow. at Sosound Park. That is so cool. It's really exciting. Wow. 120 years, people coming into that church. Yes. And the church started as a home church just a few blocks away. Wow. And so here we are today celebrating what the Lord has done and believing for what he's going to do to continue to use us for his glory. Outstanding. If people want to come and see you and be part of the worship, when do you meet? We meet on Sundays at 1030 is our, is our morning worship. Uh, you can check out the webpage, SwissOnParkPMChurch.com, and it will give you all the details of everything else that happens at the church. Very nice. Dennis, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate you stopping mm-hmm. by. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Dennis Hanley, Swiss Elm Park Primitive Methodist Church. Information about that, of course, online and our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Stick around. we got lots more ahead. We're going to talk about the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Don't miss that. Individual results may vary. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He had trouble making friends, having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. I feel like all I did was yell at my kid all day. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different life. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty only at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Business is booming. And so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge, Find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian business partners at cbp316.com. Right now, 
There are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. With high pressure taking control, just a few patchy clouds tonight, a low of 56. An ice day tomorrow, partly sunny with a high of 80. Our frontal system arrives tomorrow night, so we'll turn mostly cloudy, but stay mild with a late night shower or thunderstorm and a low of just 63. Still unsettled, though, on Thursday, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers around. It will be a bit cooler, an afternoon high of just 73 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, last Friday, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed a law banning most abortions if a fetal heartbeat is detected. That's about six weeks or so into the Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And though the signing positions the state amid a lengthy court battle, it also marks the strictest abortion regulations in the entire United States. Now, of course, there's going to be a lot of legal trouble for this law. It's already going to be attacked. But the law provides for some exemptions typical to abortion restriction laws, such as allowances for abortion in late pregnancy stages that could save the life of the mother or, of course, always in the case of rape or incest. It is a a new front um, that is being pushed here by the Mm -hmm. Iowa uh, State Legislature. I think it's fabulous. I do, too. And when you hear it talked about in mainstream secular media, they're looking at this as, Mm -hmm. this is crazy. I mean, how could anybody do something like this? It's barbaric, right? You know, let's need to get in there as late as possible. Late, you know, third trimester abortions, which we see on a regular basis. So six weeks in, and that's it. I think it's wonderful progress. I really do. I think it's I think it's great news. Um, but yeah, I just want to encourage you know pe- pe- we have people listening right now from Iowa. Um, there are women who are going to carry babies who are going to need help. And if you believe that they should carry those babies, then you have to be you part. Be you have to be part of the solution for That's, them. It's excellent, right? Yeah, you just can't. You can't just stand there and say, "Hey, whoa, great! We want an abortion victory in in the legislature, and you're good to go." Yeah. So, what can you do for the mother and the baby? Right. If you're going to be pro-life, that means you got to be pro-life, which means through. you have to be pro-life all the way through. Yep. Yeah. All right. How about this story uh, that I saw maybe a week ago? This has not garnered any media attention. I couldn't believe this. There is, you remember the Kermit Gosnell trial? Oh, sure. A couple years ago. In uh, Philadelphia. Mul- yeah, multiple infanticides, one maternal death. Um, the media didn't even start to cover that until, they you know. They were shamed into right, it, essentially. Right, they were shamed into it. Well, I hope they're shamed into covering the case of New York abortionist Robert Rowe, um, because he's now on trial for only one death. Uh, the victim was 30-year-old Jamie Morales, who was killed during the commission of a late-term abortion. Now, the media coverage has been zip. I, I saw it on this, like, small, you know, anti-abortion website. I mean, I don't – seriously, have not seen it covered by any major network really? at all. This is in New York? This is a New York abortionist, Robert Rowe. Now, here's the thing. From the article, I can't tell whether it's New York City or it's New York State. Okay. Well, we know it's New York State if it's saying New York, but I'm not sure whether it's New York City or not. Um, okay, he was arrested in 2016. The only information that I've found um, comes from pro-life activist Lauren Handy, who's been observing the proceedings and giving her accounts to the Operation Rescue blog. That's how we're getting information about this story. It's not okay, weird. From a blog. Right. Okay. She's not a professional journalist, so we're just kind of getting dribs and drabs. But this is what we've learned so far. Um, 
Robert Rowe is charged with reckless homicide in the death of Jamie Morales, which occurred, sadly, on July 9th of 2016. Um, the doctor did not notice complications, uh, or did notice, pardon me, complications, but attempted to correct them himself and did not call an ambulance. Jamie Morales fainted, was still woozy when the doctor sent her home. She passed out again in her sister's car, at which point her sister took her to the hospital, but it was too late, Mm. and she passed away. Now, this abortionist has a long history with the Office of Professional Medical Conduct. Um, He's been under investigation since 2013 for infractions involving sedation and office staff. What? Does that mean he's sedating his office staff? He's also been sued for malpractice three times and sexual harassment twice. But the key issue in the trial is to be the procedure that was used for the abortion. Morales was between 24 and 26 weeks pregnant, and such a late-term abortion typically takes place over several days. But he recklessly attempted to commit the abortion procedure in just one day, and that most likely is what resulted in her death. I see. Anyway, it's just it, – it's fascinating that a case like this would garner such little attention in the American media. And, the, and of course, the reason is – this is only my opinion – but I'm guessing that the reason is that the mainstream media does not want to talk about abortion when it's a situation like this because that makes their case look bad. And it does make their case look bad. So I wonder you – know, But it makes them look bad if they don't cover situations that they find unpalatable. My guess this this was not New York City because New York City has to have – all abortion avenues covered. If you're going to have an abortion in New York City, you're going to go to Planned Parenthood. There's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, it, it clearly he didn't. Unless you're he didn't going work. to go to a private doctor. Yeah, he didn't go, and he's a private doctor because he he wasn't working for Planned Parenthood. That would have been mentioned in the article. One death, mm-hmm. totally ignored. Yep, thirty year old woman. How many babies? Again and again and again. Right. But Iowa gets it right. Mm-hmm. The heart is beating. Something is alive. You can mm-hmm. call it what you want to call it. Essentially, right. right? Right. But you got to call it a baby because it comes from a human, and it's a, a mother's in a mother's body. Right. So that's a baby. It's not a blob of tissue. It is a beating heart of a child. Right. And decisions also being made in um, Ireland. Now, how about this? This is upsetting because, well, I mean, for many, many decades. Um, Ireland was staunchly pro-life. Mm-hmm. The heartbreak, and it heartbreak still might is, be. It still might be. I'll be surprised. We don't know. We don't know. This to me is a backlash against the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Again, um, that could be. I think there's no. From my perspective, it is. Uh, the sad thing is, at least for those of us who love you too, is that you two has come out in favor of this bill, mm-hmm. uh, essentially unshackling abortion in right. Ireland. Right. Yeah, it's a huge disappointment. It really is. And, you know, I don't recall um, Bono ever making anything resembling, you know, a anti-abortion statement. Um, so I've always wondered what he thought about that. Um, and, you know, kind of as Bono goes, so does the group as far as their outlook yeah, on things. He's the voice. You know, he's kind of he's the voice and um, and the heart of it. I hate to I don't I don't mean to say that to disrespect the other guys in the band. But, you know, he's, no, of course, he is who he is. He's the front man. And uh I would have really hoped for a much Me more full throated understanding of justice. I mean, this is a band who spent, you know, multiple decades advocating for the rights of the oppressed. And I can't think of a more oppressed people group than an unborn child, an unborn child who can't speak for itself. I, I think it only it's goes tragic. to speaks to the culture of, you know, where the, the guys from the band YouTube and living. 
they're part of the culture. And so they're mm-hmm. informed by that. Yeah, but we're all part of the culture and we're all informed by it. It's up to us, if we believe in Jesus, to be consistently challenging ourselves to think God's thoughts after God. Which is why this is so surprising. Because you think for many times, you know, and I'm not, you're not going to hold up a rock star as, you know, the pantheon mm-hmm. of Christian life. No, but he's a Christian like any other Christian we would or, hold up. Exactly. And so if we're going to be disappointed in some guy from the Southern Baptist Church for something, then we can be disappointed in Bono for something. And right. he can be disappointed in me for something. <laughs> Maybe I talk to the Sears man. Daily right here on 101.5 Word FM. We'll hear Kathy's recording of her conversation with the Sears repairman <laughs> in just a few minutes. Oh. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. Authentic witnessing must begin with authentic repentance. And that, my beloved friends, is what the world is longing to see. Sadly today, there are so many preachers that are running around and saying, all you need to do to be a Christian, just add Jesus to the list of your friends. Dig deeper into this on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Okay, so the big question for any decision you're going to make, is this actually going to work? Well, if you've heard about MediShare, which is a brilliant way of sharing health care costs, you may have wondered that. Does it work? Well, so did Dr. Stuart Hoover, who initially joined to save a lot of money. The typical family saves about $500 a month. Stuart saved even more. When we first joined uh, MediShare, we were immediately going from a little over $1,600 a month down to uh, $460 basically a month. So that's wonderful, but then his wife needed emergency surgery, and the bills added up to $160,000. So we were seeing the bills coming in, and then the bills were being paid. Portions were being shared, and the end result of this is this bill was taken care of. Yes, MediShare works, and it's so easy to get your questions answered, too. So why not? You can call right now, 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Dentistry isn't what it used to be. It's really come a long way. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. The pain management techniques, the comfort that we can offer now really make it a much more pleasant experience. We have a great team. They really help to put a patient at ease. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. On Perry Highway in Wexford at Stock familydentistry.com. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us.
Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping, like today. Stay road ready for half the price. Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw will change your oil and filter for half off at just $19.95. For repair and maintenance, ASC certified techs, Napa parts, and a fair price, go with Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Milton Friesland is Social Cities Program Director at the Think Tank Cardis. And uh, we're, we've been introduced to Milton by Brian Dykema, right? From yep. uh, Comet Magazine, who we love. And so we trust that we'll love Milton, too. Milton, welcome into the ride home. How are you? I'm doing very good, thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we're Always happy good. to have you. Thank you. So you, you wrote an op-ed piece talking about loneliness. How do we best tackle loneliness as a health issue? Now, this is something that really is little talked about, uh, but just recently, I think, was it was it England, the country of England? Yeah, the UK, yeah. Put together a sort of a... minister of loneliness. Yes, the minister of loneliness. <laughs> I mean, and on its, on its face value, it sounds a little absurd, um, but it sounds like something from like Clue, or you know what I mean? There's like you know Colonel Mustard, Miss Peacock, and the Minister of Loneliness. I guess. Yeah. So what about that, Milton? Obviously, you've if you wrote an op-ed piece, you thought about this, given some weight to this. Yeah, I think the challenge is that um, you know it does seem odd for a government agency to say we're going to actually label it that. Um, but one of the drivers behind it is the significant linkage between um, people's sense of connectivity to other people and their health, actual physical health. Mm-hmm. So if you feel disconnected, uh, not only sort of from time to time, but chronically, um, it's entirely likely that that will shorten your lifespan uh, at about the same rate as smoking or heart disease. So it's, it's not a minor issue, and that's why you're seeing uh, you know governmental response to it at that level. Right. Now, Milton, back in the, uh, the, the 1980s, I was a young man, and I moved to New York City. Millions yeah. and millions of people. And there was a long stretch. I, I bet you it was a year where I really did not engage with many people. Only at my, you know, the brief interactions. At the laundromat when someone was taking out their socks and you were putting like in your that, shirts. You know, at work and things like that. I mean, I had some brief relationships that, you know, hello, well, that kind of thing back and forth. It wasn't a relationship. But, I mean, I was the loneliest guy. It was, I made the Maytag repairman look like a rookie. And I, there I was in a city of millions and millions of people, and I was a lonely guy. So if it would happen to me, a guy in my 20s, then I'm sure there are other people like this around the world. Yeah, and I think one of the challenges is that uh, loneliness doesn't have much to do with proximity. Um, so you can have people around you, you can uh, be in a crowd and uh, still experience uh, that, that sense of being disconnected, of not belonging, not being understood. And so that's what we're paying attention to. And, um, you know, we've, we've been looking at this for some time, but, you know, these sorts of uh, indicators from a government level suggest that it's uh, it's not sort of a peculiar localized or small-scale problem, but um, appears to be something more symptomatic. And um, we'll have to get better at understanding it if we're going to try to intervene. And that was the point of my op-ed, which was if this is a problem, and it, it certainly looks like it is uh, persistent and serious, uh, the question becomes, how can we best address it? And, uh, you know, is it something that the government can remedy? Uh, or is it something that is, uh, you know, closer to us at a civil society or a local level? Right. And I think that's an important question. With something as personal and individual as loneliness, I can't imagine any type of governmental initiative that could ameliorate that. 
Yeah, no, it, but it can create conditions and, and may have some role, to, you know, in terms of uh, providing an understanding, even from a research standpoint. Uh, a recent Scientific American article, you know, uh, which is very good, I'd recommend it, is, you know, looks at loneliness and feelings of social isolation and suggests that we all experience it differently, although there are certain trends and styles in terms of what our engagement looks like with that. Yes. So some people can have a lot of people around and feel very disconnected. Other people can be hanging out by themselves, you know, go for a canoe trip for a week or something and feel completely content. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a case of saying, well, let's just count how many people that are near you and then that qualifies you as lonely or not. That, that's not... Right, that, that doesn't that, work. A response sure. is not good, no. Right. And then I think, you know, if we don't understand the problem... It's not very likely that we're going to supply a solution that's going to be workable or at least you know, move us towards a more workable space. So what about loneliness? I mean, it signifies, if you're lonely, it signifies a lack of family and or community around you. And, of course, you know, um, uh, I remember my father belonged to the Kiwanis Club, to the Rotary, to the American Legion, to all these different sort of fraternal organizations. He KFC. Was the, yeah, <laughs> he was the least loneliest guy. Right. But those old yeah. organizations, that structure of family and communal organizations, that's faded away. Mm-hmm. Now we're sort of all invested in yes. social media, yeah, which, which is-, is the lonely outpost in the world. Yeah, it's a challenge. I'm, I'm careful not to pin all the blame on social media sure, or technology. Sure. I, I think that those, that's a driver and that there's a dynamic. It's part of the mix. That's, that's sure, you know, certain. Um, for instance, the... Uh, the whole Lunset study looks at social isolation. It's increased in the U.S. significantly in the last 20, 25 years. At the same time that that's happened, of course, we know that communication technology has dramatically increased in its power, its reach, its extension. So even if it's not the cause, it's uh, certainly not the solution in and of itself. So, you know, having more technology or more types of social technologies doesn't remedy loneliness either. So right. it's, even if it's not a cause... Uh, of it, it's also not entirely a remedy. Otherwise, we would see social isolation dropping off dramatically, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. What about the church? Well, I think in some cases uh, we see evidence that we look at vo- uh, patterns like volunteering, you know, donating time, being involved, kind of outside of you know your work commitments and things. That's certainly a, a bright spot. But um, I think most people would uh, say their experiences in local congregations of whatever religious variety does not entirely, you know, get rid of loneliness or social isolation either because many of uh, the people in our cities are living in, you know, settings where they're disconnected from their church community. Parish churches are not as common as they used to be. People drive to where they go to church just like they drive to the mall or drive to work or, you know, move in that space, and that alone doesn't contribute to social isolation, but it's another important driver. If you have to if you have no incidental contact with people, that's meaningful. In other words, you don't bump into each other at the grocery store, you don't recognize each other, you don't have that kind of common overlap. We know that that's a condition that can lead to uh, increased social isolation. Now, it's, again, not the sole cause, but it's that's another factor. The, the way we've designed our communities, uh, the way we've designed our cities has, in some cases, uh, you know, it's been slanted to privacy, autonomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stay out of my business, I'll stay out of your business. Right. I get in my car, go to my house. We don't, you know, we have clear boundaries. And uh, it's interesting that a certain amount of social friction, a good social friction, is actually a necessary part of our, you know, staying healthy in terms of our uh, our social vitality. So, uh, so these are kind of these are part of the dynamics we're working with and trying to understand. And um, I think the response from governments so in the U.S. You've had, uh, you know, some some of. Uh, 
Uh, some people out of the U.S. certainly that have been working at this challenge are recognizing it at those kind of governmental levels as well to try to understand, okay, how do we, what can we do about it? Um, you know, if our health budgets are going up, costs are going up for, you know, even mental health issues are increasing, we need to do something about it. So I think that's a sign that there's there, there's a reality to it. Now we need some, I think, uh, wise counsel and, and careful uh, attention to how we can remedy it. Congregations, those kinds of community organizations, they're really important. Milton Friesen. Friesen is with us, Social Cities Program Director at the Think Tank, Cardis. Um, Milton, I, you know, we have bemoaned for years the state of incivility uh, in our discourse in America and how, you know, people are uh, very disturbed to hear viewpoints that are outside their own. And, you know, they're horrible to each other on Twitter and they're terrible to each other on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you know, people aren't going to, you know, uh, picnics or, you know, with their they're not going to the family reunion or the neighborhood block party or whatever. And I wonder if the incivility is just another side of the same coin as the lack of, you know, our in, or our institutions falling apart. I wonder if just because we're not with people um, as much as we used to be decades and decades ago, that maybe we're losing, we're, we don't have chances to practice, <laughs> to be civil, to use good manners, to learn, to understand other people, to be curious about someone else's experience. So because we're not, you know, sitting at the, you know, Kiwanis Club next to that other guy who we never really liked anyway, but he's always on that stool. And I'm going to say, I don't want to knock the Kiwanis Club. Uh, but because we're not there anymore, because the Kiwanis Club doesn't exist, um, we'd fight with people on Twitter instead. I mean, do you see a link with, between those two? I think there can. I mean, there are certainly some linkages there. I think institutions are changing, um, not all for the worse. Uh, so some changes are good and necessary. We've seen some. Uh, some of those are current even today, and some sort of you know popular issues uh, that need attention. And some of them are institutionally, you know, sort of uh, embedded. Those need to change. So that part of institutional change is good. But I think you're right. On the other hand, it can be that some of those changes may have resulted in a net loss of kind of that engagement. And I think we're trying to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would ask, you know, your listeners and yourselves to think about uh, is, you know, to increase our ability to be good observers of what's going on in, in our neighborhoods and the communities around us and ask a simple question, which is, you know, what institutions, organizations, or places are socially generative? That might not be a familiar word to people, but the idea that there are places and spaces and contexts where sort of social connectivity increases, um, even if we don't all look like each other, think like each other, we still kind of mix with each other. Mm-hmm. Those are socially generative spaces, and I think as we you know, experience current changing dynamics, we need those more than ever, and we need to figure out where are they, how do they come about, um, how do we get more of them, how do we preserve the ones that are socially generative in a way that's good for us. Um, I think in the past we would call these kind of you know citizenship questions, right? This yes, is being a good yes. citizen. Or these are these are sort of like, you know, just part of being a part of a civil society means I have a certain obligation to do these things or participate. And I think we have to, you know, pay attention to ways that our own perceptions of those are changing. Um and, you know, our attitudes towards them as well. Sometimes it's easier just not to be involved. We've got enough entertainment and enough to do. Right. I just don't need to bother. But it, it will cost us in the long run. It may even cost us personally in terms of our own health and our own sense of well-being. Yes. Let us learn to be good neighbors. Milton, thanks an awful lot. We appreciate your time here with us. Good thoughts. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. You as well. From Cardis, Milton Friesen is with us. Information about Cardis and Comment Magazine, always online, wordfm.com, the ride home with John and Kathy, johnandkathyshow.com. 
so much for the Kiwanis. We got it covered here online. There might still be Kiwanis. I don't know. Most ordinary gutters last 10 to 15 years. If yours are sagging, cracked, and leaking, it's time to replace them with LeafGuard. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder for good with the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. LeafGuard systems are fabricated on-site by certified professionals and attached directly to the fascia. No sections, no seams, no nails, and come in a variety of colors to match. Most jobs can be done in a single day. Guaranteed to never clog, LeafGuard even earned the good housekeeping seal of approval. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and mention promo code RADIO for the exclusive 99-cent installation and receive a $100 Dining Advantage gift card with your free in-home estimate. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard today. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS for information subject to change without notice. LeafGuard operates as LeafGuard of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania under license number PA126357. How can there be so many different names for the same thing? This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory. Are you in the market for a new mattress and hoping to shop and compare? Well, this is your wake-up call. Other mattress brands have multiple names for the same exact model. They build one mattress and create different model names for each retailer, intentionally confusing you and making it impossible to compare. Why? Because they're more interested in helping the retailer earn high profit margins than in helping you, the consumer, find the best value. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't play the name game. We just offer great beds, no bull. Why? Ethics. We believe in being transparent. We have cutaways of every single mattress we make, and our model names stay the same from store to store and even from year to year. Our prices are clearly marked as well and can be viewed on our website at OriginalMattress.com. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Get a $10 cash card when you spend 30 on these great deals and more at your neighborhood CVS Pharmacy. This week only, stock up on Scott Paper Towels for just $5.49. And surprise mom with select Ferrero chocolates. Buy one, get one free. Restrictions apply. See CVS.com slash weekly ad for details. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Hey, welcome back. Teacher Appreciation Day. It's Teacher Appreciation Week. Oh. It's National Teacher Day. Okay, so this is sort of like a wider subset narrowed down right. for today. Yeah, it is. All right, very Yeah, nice. so, you know, it made me think of the teachers that I've loved oh, my goodness. in my life. Great teachers. And so, Nothing like a good teacher. So I'm going to name one, and then I'm going to ask you to name okay, one. Okay, go back and forth? All right, good. Okay, I'm going to start in second grade. Okay. Highcliffe Elementary. Mm-hmm. Ruth Ann Schleiden. Very nice. She was the greatest teacher. Ruth uh, Ann. Still a friend of mine, by the way. What's her name? Ruth Ann Schleiden. Now, do you call her? Did you call her Mrs. Schleiden? Miss, right? Miss. Mm-hmm. But then you became an adult. Then what? Do you, that happened to me too. I don't know what to call her. Exactly. When I see her, I don't call her anything because no, it's no, too no, awkward. No, 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 I, no. I can't call her Ruth Ann. I can't. One of my best teachers is from high school, Mrs. Miller. Yeah. I, I have lunch with her. I've had lunch with her. I'd see her on Facebook. Call me Grace. <laughs> I call her Mrs. Miller. Right. Because hey, it's Mrs. Just Miller, too wreck, right? Grace. I can't call you Grace. You're my teacher. Right. Mrs. Miller. Okay, uh, North Hills High School. Yeah. Ann Pacone. 
was my uh, AP English teacher, mm-hmm. and she just taught me so much about writing. She she is my most significant writing no teacher. No kidding. Yeah. In junior high. No, in high school, twelfth okay. grade. Uh, eighth grade, Dixon Junior High School, Mr. Maximchuk, who I loved. Mr. Maximchuk, wow. he was instrumental. In the eighth grade, I got the Effort Award. Of course you did. I'd yeah. like to give you the Effort Award the effort here award. on the ride home. Yeah, I do. Thank you. North Hills High School, Warren Mercer directed the band. Mm-hmm. He was something else. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, ninth grade, Dixon Junior High, Mr. Shields, my English teacher. Oh, he said, oh, you can do this. That's a great story. How about uh, first grade? Sister Mary Ernest. Loved, loved her. Mary. She loved me. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has announced the United States will pull out of the nuclear accord with Iran. Announcing the U.S. withdrawal from the deal, the president said Iranian sanctions will be reinstated. We will be instituting the highest level of economic sanction. And he argued that if the U.S. did nothing, we know exactly what will happen. In just a short period of time, the world's leading state sponsor of terror will be on the cusp of acquiring the world's most dangerous weapons. With his announcement, the president made good on a campaign promise and said the U.S. does not make empty threats. Greg Clugston, the White House. On Wall Street today, the Dow up by three points to 24,360. The Nasdaq rose two, the S&P down by one. Oil dropped $1.67 to 69.06 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. It costs about $47,000 a year to keep one person in prison. With 2.3 million inmates in the U.S., that's over $60 billion a year. And what about the cost in broken marriages and families, the wives and kids of inmates who are doing time on the outside? Thankfully, Kairos Prison Ministry is making a difference. In fact, this nonprofit, non-denominational ministry has been around for nearly 40 years, training Christian men and women like you and me to proclaim the gospel to inmates and their families and to demonstrate the tangible love of Jesus Christ. And they do it all free of charge for state and federal institutions, reducing the rate of recidivism from 50 to 20%. If you've been looking to do something bold and meaningful for God, consider doing time with inmates and their families. New 25-member teams are forming now. To find out more, call 412-368-6691. Kairos Prison Ministry, 412-368-6691. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marsha from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84 PA on the Saturday before Memorial Day for our annual Farm Heritage Day. During this annual event, two giant tents will hold 20-plus old-time crafters, sharing their wares with you like sheep shearing, wool spinning, quilting, and leather punching. Our old-fashioned chore girls will be churning 
making butter, kneading bread dough, and rolling pie dough, and they'll need lots of helpers, too. Take the tour of our modern milking facility where you get to try your hand at milking Sally the Tour Cow. The Springhouse Cooks will feature all kinds of fabulous eats inside, too. So come hungry for hot roast beef and gravy, real mashed potatoes, and so much more. Farm Heritage Day at the Springhouse on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, 11 to 4. Let us share a little of our farm with you. SpringhouseMarket.com or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. With high pressure taking control, just a few patchy clouds tonight, a low of 56. An ice day tomorrow, partly sunny with a high of 80. Our frontal system arrives tomorrow night, so we'll turn mostly cloudy, but stay mild with a late-night shower or thunderstorm and a low of just 63. Still unsettled, though, on Thursday, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers around. It will be a bit cooler, an afternoon high of just 73 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John Cathy for Tuesday, May 8th. Coming up this hour, John Cathy talked to Pastor Greg Giles from Triumph Church about the Man Up Pittsburgh event coming soon. After college, preparing graduating college seniors for the transition into the next phase of life. Our guest is Erika Young-Reese. And be sure not to miss this conversation. This week's Metropolitan Museum of Art Costume Institute's Gala called Heavenly Bodies, Fashion, and the Catholic Imagination. Oh boy, John and Kathy are going to talk about that in just a couple of minutes. Much to hear this hour with John Hall and Kathy Evans. Now hold on, when did the announcers start to editorialize? For heaven's Holy sake. smokes. All of a sudden now, it's like I'm... Are you on the air here? Oh, I don't know. The, Is there the some kind of red marker around here? I don't know. Uh, he's not kidding though. That's what it's actually called. Oh boy. Yeah. Heavenly Bodies. Which in many ways was supported and sanctioned by the Catholic Church because there were properties brought over from Rome with bodyguards to take care of the accoutrement. Okay, let's let's take a step back. Right. So the Metropolitan – first of all, the Met is the, my favorite museum I've ever oh, been in in my whole life. I did, like, like You know, I went there last summer. I about lost my mind. Yeah. I could not believe how gorgeous it was. But their um, costume institute – throws this gala every year mm-hmm. and it's for it's for the sensational for the outrageous right. i mean and that's what it does always themed and then the right. costumes the attendees they dress according to the theme right and the and the more outrageous your outfit the better right so to be invited to the met can gala i be invited one thing no because you and I, like everybody else here, we're nobodies. Hmm. But the A-listers, you know, the A-listers, right. the the Tesla people, the, the, Katy the, Clo- Perry's here, the Clooney's, right. all that, here. to buy a ticket is $30,000. Now, wait a minute. So you have to be invited? Yes. And once you're invited, you have to pay $30,000? Per person. That's not really to be invited. That's, That's just, just, and then what are you going to spend on your outfit? Well, based on these outfits, you'd have to spend $30,000 just to get ready. Easily. Right. So as you might imagine, because this had a 
a um, what a Catholic theme to it. This it's year. so weird. So the title of the uh, uh, there's a new exhibit that the Costume um, Institute is opening, and yes. it's called Heavenly Bodies: Colon Fashion and the Catholic Imagination. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, I don't. I don't even know what that is. Right. So if if you're so inclined, and of course this is radio, so you can't see the images. It's all these A-list stars, you know. Okay, um, so you're looking at J-Lo there. I'm looking at J-Lo, and she's wearing, I don't know, I'm not even going to bother to describe it. Okay, I so just, she's wearing like a form-fitting sequined dress of multiple colors. It looks like it's a mosaic type of look. And the leg is slit. Look. The leg is slit. Very high, but in the middle of her, of her, like right where her collarbone is, is a crucifix. Massive Gothic cross that runs from her collarbone down to, I would assume, her navel. Right. I'm looking at Katy Perry. Perhaps. Katy Perry is wearing, um, like over the knee gold boots, a small, short gold dress, and absolutely enormous feathered wings. I would say the wings themselves are. 13 feet, maybe, probably feet high. They're gigantic. What, what would that contraption weigh? I can't imagine. Kim Kardashian is wearing a form-fitting, and that's the nicest word I can give to it, gold dress that is, uh, that is decorated with colored crucifixes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Rihanna is wearing something. Oh, that's Cardi B. You're, uh, John, I'm looking at a photo John's showing me. She who's is, Cardi B? She's a rapper. Okay. She's wearing like uh, if you think of the um, medieval iconography, mm-hmm. where where the saint would have this thing festooned on oh, their sure. head, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's wearing something like right. that, and she's appearing with Evil Knievel's grandson. Because <laughs> really that's what he looks like. He looks like he's ready to jump the Snake River. Rihanna's wearing like a Pope hat type of thing. That is bizarre. Okay, which is really something. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so he's showing me a man who looks like he's dressed as a priest, except in on his white pants he has like gold embroidered religious symbols. Right. I mean, okay, now if if you're not sure what 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 we're talking about, I bet you've seen the photo of Tom Brady if you're online. So Tom Brady and his wife Giselle were there, and Tom Brady looks like he's kind of a matador. You think that's his look? Yeah, it's, it's I guess. Bad. She kind of looks like Guinevere from mm-hmm. King Arthur. And I don't know exactly what Tom Brady's going as. This duo you're showing me is where is I can't. Jared Leto? Less Jared Leto, yeah. yeah. Now she has, you know, have you ever seen the images of yes. the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Yes, yeah, Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's what is, this is. Right. The woman who is identify, unidentifiable. Yeah, I don't know who that is. And it's Oh, that's Lana Del Rey. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Does she are those actual knives? I think they. I think they. They do look like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's also got a halo on. It's okay. So my question is: first off, how weird could this be? Oh, and then of course there's Madonna, who's been mocking the Catholic Church for a good she's twenty. Made, she's made a good living. Twenty five, thirty years. So good right, for her. Right. So now, not everybody. It's is wearing mocking things. Like there are some very beautiful things that people yes, are wearing. Yes, yeah, there are. There some really are things. some very beautiful things. Anne Hathaway is yes. wearing. It's like this giant red puff. It's like, a, but I, it's very pretty. It's I, not very pretty. It is. I it's mean, not very pretty. No, no. It's. it's I like it. it. If if you like a pillowcase, that's good. <laughs> it's just like really, really, really long. <laughs> mocking my taste in Anne Hathaway. No, that's my pillow I'm, dress. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like it. Apparently, <laughs> I'm dreaming. 
<laughs> it, comes, it comes in a travel size, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Sarah Jessica Parker, who's dressed like um, a kind of like a bishop mm. with with a with a popish hat, kind of. No, it's not really it's a pope. It's not because look, there's some figures inside the hat. Oh, some, she's kind like of like scenery. she's. If you can imagine the Baldacchino, which is in uh, Saint Paul's Cathedral, yes. if you could imagine that made into a hat, it's kind of what she's. I don't know. So what's interesting is that in this, you know, this community of people, I'm sure they are, they all know each other, or you know, it's one degree of separation, half mm-hmm. a degree of separation, is that they were forced to encounter, in some way, a representation of what they would consider the divine. Right? Or would they just consider it religion? Maybe maybe they would say this is just a churchy thing. This isn't God. Well, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. I, I don't see God in this, but, you know, there is a – I would call it a representation of the divine. Of the church. Yes. I don't know if it's a representation of the divine. The Sacred Heart of Jesus one does look like that. Yes. I, that does look like – anyone who knows anything about religious imagery for the – you know, over the last thousand years knows what that is. Right. But I mean, it's what I find fascinating about it is that you know a modern secular culture, who in some ways you know they've taken on the mantle of instructor, right? That they are showing us now who they are and their representation right. of faith right. in their life. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing: I don't think this has anything to do with faith in their life. I think what this is showing us is a group, and and you know. We're not in a position as regular everyday Americans to be giving away what we think about something by what we wear usually, but they are. Yes. So I would imagine – I'm saying this, what they think it is representation because I would imagine that between the designer, the costume designer, and the person themselves who's ultimately the model – there had to be some sort of conversation about how they see things or what they would like to represent mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. right so there had to be conversations about faith you think i think so I, well i don't know maybe i'm just you know giving them too much credit but i would think that there would be because it's a creative process so the creative process you know weaves and twists and goes along the, uh, what's your you know what was your upbringing like or how do you view the church or what do you look at when you, what do you think about when you think about god i think those questions would be pertinent if at least you were a good designer so that then you could yeah, go from those probab- tunnels. That's probably true. But I think what it's giving away is just how little this subsection of people knows about the church yeah, but and about you- Christianity, okay. which, is, which is okay. I'm not saying that – I mean if, if they don't know anything, they don't know anything. I'm right, just right. saying that I think it's illustrative to see what they're doing. But what if you know this was you or I, good gravy, that we were given the opportunity to create some sort of model – Right, some sort of platform of how we, how we wanted to be. What? How do you encounter your faith through your visage, through your costume? Well, hopefully, when we all get dressed every day, that's what we do. I mean, I don't mean to over spiritualize things, but yeah, that's that's a good point. That's what I we're doing. Our yeah, body's right. the temple Here's of the, the Holy Spirit, so we should be dressing ourselves suitably, accordingly. Yeah, that's just what it what should happen. I mean, I don't think you have to do a JLo thing and have, you know, a, the Pope hat or the, you know, embedded, embedded crucifix, you know, in the middle of your collarbone right. so you can prove to everybody how, like, 
spiritual you are. I mean, I just find it fascinating because from a you know a secular perspective, there are people at least wanting to explore some avenue of faith that they would never even I consider. I don't think that, but see, I, you think I'm giving I too much credit. I still don't think they're trying to explore an avenue of faith. I think they're just trying to look at something that's historically churchy and make it into like an artistic statement. Could be. Well, God works in mysterious ways. Okay. Hey, uh, we're back in just a few minutes. Yeah, after college, what happens? A little bit, and then Man Up comes up in just a couple. WORD. It's the most important thing your pastor can do. What is it, and how can you evaluate how well he's doing it? Points you'll consider in some of the most unique programs we've ever aired. Be here as John offers insight into a pastor's heart. That's this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And so you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know they're also now offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark. UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So... Don't you want to call Marley now? Ask your questions at 724-884-1496. Find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 or online at MarleyFG.com. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want? Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. 412-242-8886. Most ordinary gutters last 10 to 15 years. If yours are sagging, cracked, and leaking, it's time to replace them with LeafGuard. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder for good with the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. LeafGuard systems are fabricated on-site by certified professionals and attached directly to the fascia. No sections, no seams, no nails, and come in a variety of colors to match. Most jobs can be done in a single day. Guaranteed to never clog, LeafGuard even earned the good housekeeping seal of approval. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and mention promo code RADIO for the exclusive 99-cent installation and receive a $100 Dining Advantage gift card with your free in-home estimate. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard today. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS for information subject to change without notice. LeafGuard 
LeafGuard operates as LeafGuard of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania under license number PA126357. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at wordfm.com. Welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Most guys, given the choice, in a broader generalization, most guys, given the choice, would rather just hang out with one guy, maybe two mm-hmm. guys at the most, or just prefer to be alone. We live in this weird, isolated society. You know, we were talking a little earlier about relationships and fraternal organizations and loneliness. And loneliness mm-hmm. Right. I think I think that's true. That a lot of guys just would rather close the door at night when they come home from work, whether they're married or not, and mm-hmm. tend to be alone. Well, Man of Pittsburgh is coming back again. It's an annual event. It's just wonderful. And uh, we're happy to talk with Craig Giles. Pastor Giles joins us from Triumph Church. He'll be at Man Up June 9th. The event gets underway at 8.30, goes until 3.30. Mike Tomlin is going to be there and a lot of great speakers. Um, Pastor Giles, welcome for joining us here today on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I can't complain at all. So, Pastor Giles, talk to us about Man Up, about why you choose to be associated with this. Well, to me, Man Up is a, is a great opportunity for men. You know, um, I, I want to be the best husband that I can be, the best godly father. Um, we got a responsibility to mentor and to help young people in the community to be better fathers, better men. And so to me, it, it gives me a great opportunity. But also, you know, a lot of times I listen to you saying men oftentimes work in isolation, and we need tools sometimes. So it gives us a great opportunity to come together and see that we're not the only ones that are trying to be the best we can be, but we get some tools from somebody else and working with others. So to me, it's a great opportunity to fellowship with men, grow together with men, and really develop and be the best yeah. man that I can be. That's good. I like this. So I, I, like yourself, I've been to past Man Up events, and, and I'm always surprised by by guys who are surprised, who show up and go, I had no idea that this was going on, or I had no idea that so many other guys were like me who were isolated and hungry for relationship with other men. Yeah, you know, um, when Ed and I, Ed talked to me about, I think, six years ago when he started, and he was sharing it, and I thought it was one of the greatest ideas that um, I had heard in a long time. I was a part of Promise Keepers years ago, and I thought that was a great opportunity for men to come together and to reconcile things. But I thought this gave us some tools to really pull together and do some long-term things to really help continue to develop the family. Um, I'm blessed to teach a section on... um, daddy and 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 raising daughters as a as a godly father and it's an exciting um but challenging thing and so i was excited by so many men who came and said hey you know i've been wanting to know about this and i've been wanting to ask questions about this and it's great to have something like this going on so I, you know it's, it's just tremendous being a part of it oh that's fascinating hey go into that a little bit uh i've got a friend he's a younger guy who's uh, gonna have a daughter here in a little bit and um you know before he knew him and his wife knew the sex of their child you know he confided and said you know i prefer to have a guy a, a boy baby because you know <laughs> i would have that i would understand that a little bit more but you know that's a really good point first-time fathers especially first-time fathers having a daughter that's a weird territory for a lot of guys because you know whether you know your mom or your sister or your wife, you know that's about the only connection. And so to have a daughter, that's a whole other matter, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. Uh, I have two children, and but I had the opportunity to raise and uh, help raise my sister's children, who are girls. And girls are just a little different, especially <laughs> for guys, because yeah. uh, it, it's a different. It's a different kind of uh, dialogue. It's a different um, relationship, and especially the one that fathers and their daughters have. I I know. Um, I, I often you often hear about mothers and their sons and that unique relationship they have, but. The father and the daughter, that, that, is, that, that sets the um, stage for everything that the daughter does in life to me. Um, my daughter and I are very close. And, and thinking about daughters, you know, um, you just maybe think that everything's going to be like the years when we were growing up watching the Brady Bunch and <laughs> yeah. Marsha Brady comes in and, and Mike says, do this, and they go do that. That's not how it is. Um, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how it is in my house. Boy, you guys are really screwing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that wasn't how it was at my house. Uh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. but it, was, it was unique. Um, but you find out um, that, you know, if, if you can build that relationship and you can uh, address it as an adult father and as adult male to take on that challenge and be willing to, to listen and be consistent, it to, me, it, it to me it's one of the most fruitful relationships that you will ever have. Fabulous. Hey, Man Up takes place June 9th. This is, I think, the 6th or 7th year, Craig. I'm not quite sure, but I think it's somewhere you know in that ballpark, 6th or 7th. Man Up, and uh, really, if you're a guy and have not gone to Man Up before, highly recommended. ManUpPittsburgh.org is the place to go to sign up. And, uh, Craig? Uh, well, it makes me think, Craig, that... If, you know, there are women out there who think, you know what, I'd love for my husband to go to this, but he's he doesn't care. He's not going to want to do this. I mean, can you talk to those women who are listening and say, you know, maybe he would want to go. He's just kind of giving off the impression that he's just, you know, rather stay inside and, you know, be, I don't know. Do nothing. <laughs> you know, be on Facebook. <laughs> he wants to well, stay inside you know, and tweet. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I was laughing when he said do nothing. Uh, I think sometimes as guys, uh, the way to attract them is, is letting them know about the event, yeah. that it's an event. And, and, and also bringing on the information like that Coach Tomlin or the Steelers, because that's just how men are drawn to things. Yeah. Uh, once they get there, they're going to become witnesses and billboards for the event. They'll go tell their friends years from um, and, um, later on in the weeks and the days, um, hey, you ought to attend that again next year. Um, but I think as a wife, I would just I would appeal to my husband and encourage him, not not beat him up and say, you need to do this as a man, yeah. but to encourage him and tell him, you know, hey, you know, this is going to be special for our family. You know, I really, I just love the way that you're trying to grow and develop as a father. And, and, and I, I, I love to see you attend something like this. Very nice. Or she has an example. Maybe there's a man that, that went in the neighborhood. Hey, I, I see what's happening in his life, you know. Um, you know, that, that might sound like it was a lot of fun. Maybe you ought to ask him about it. Okay, that's good. I'll buy that. Hey, Man Up, uh, online, manuppittsburgh.org, Saturday, June 9th, Victory Family Church in Cranberry, PA. It's really not that expensive, and you're going to see Mike Tomlin from the Steelers, Tun Chiokin as well, Ed Glover from Urban Impact, John Guest, Vincent Campbell, Bruce Bickle, a lot of guys who are going to offer great wisdom and insight on what it is to be a man to lead a godly and good life. Hey, Craig, uh, Craig Giles is with us, Pastor Craig Giles from Triumph Church. Before you join us, Take a second and talk about Triumph Church. You guys recently moved the past couple of years, and uh, you're in Scott now, right? No, we're in Ohio Township. Ohio Township, thank right, you. Right, yes, yes, we're right in Ohio Township. Um, the ministry is doing very, very good. Uh, we, we have one of the things that's really nice is we've been able to uh, attract a lot of men in our ministry. Nice. So um, we do a lot of small groups for men 
we do try to develop men and work with men extensively. Now, don't get me wrong. We love women, and we thank God for women, yes, and women have been the ones that have carried us for so long. But now we're just becoming better partners in this ministry. So it's exciting what we're doing. At Outstanding. Well, thanks enough a lot, Craig. Really appreciate your time here with us. Talk about Man Up. Hey, please, and, and I encourage all the men out there that are listening, just try it. You know, um, there's to be that old commercial, you know, try it, you'll like it. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you try it, uh, you will never be the same. You will be, um, as I said, a billboard for what God can do in, in a man's life who's just willing to try and trust God to um, you know, make him a stronger man, a better husband, and su- secure for him a better family. Outstanding. Craig Giles from Triumph Church. He'll be at Man Up Pittsburgh on June 9th. What about you? ManUpPittsburgh.org. Do not miss that. Be right back. Hey, thank you so much. Yep. Traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out, Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day. And our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org.
With high pressure taking control, just a few patchy clouds tonight, a low of 56. A nice day tomorrow, partly sunny with a high of 80. Our frontal system arrives tomorrow night, so we'll turn mostly cloudy, but stay mild with a late-night shower or thunderstorm and a low of just 63. Still unsettled, though, on Thursday, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers around. It will be a bit cooler, an afternoon high of just 73 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM. On yesterday's program, we broke the sad news to all of you that uh, new Mike's injured. He's down oh. for the count. I mean, he's here, and he's doing his job just fine, but well, not it's, fine. Under, it's under duress, I'll be honest. Here's the deal. So Mike was playing a church softball game Sunday afternoon. Mm, just like a regular person would yep. do, just a normal parishioner who's just out there, you know, just yeah. lobbing it around, enjoying himself on a relaxing Sunday. Although, he was playing the vaunted shortstop position. Which, again, he's been Quick. hard on Jordy Mercer, but never again, mm-hmm. because... Well, but you know, you put the shortstop, you're quick, you're lithe, you you know, nice responses. Boom, you get that ball, throw it back. Mm-hmm. So Mike grabbed the ball uh, a little out of his reach, tumbled over, mm-hmm. and just crushed his shoulder, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. You mean with a bruise or with something worse than a bruise? What do you think, Mike? Is it just a bruise? Unfortunately, it's not just a bruise. It's a nice spider, uh, web spider crack there. Going what? Yeah. Web spider crack? You've cracked, you've cracked. It's like a spider web. Your really? arm bone. Is this the fibula? Is that what this mm. is? What's this up here? Your upper arm. Fibula. I, I don't know what it is, but it was the shoulder that uh-huh. I, I broke. So don't worry about it. Okay, so now what's weird about it, just because of the day and age in which we live, is yeah. Mike came in from his orthopedic surgeon appointment and brought all his uh, scans so we could all look at them. On his phone. On his phone. Yeah, like awesome. he was showing his baby photos. I don't know if I wanted to see his scans, but no, I, I, sure did. Did. I, was, I sure did what? see them. It's kind of cool. Wasn't, yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Kath, you didn't think it was cool? Well, I was impressed that there were three breaks in your arm. Yeah. I mean, you could have just broken it once, but you broke it three times. That's really good. That's rough. I still maintain that, I mean, I'm super sorry for your uh, suffering. However, watching you put headphones on with one hand (laughs) is just, I Mm. never thought that how unwieldy they would be with one hand, but it's it's really entertaining. You don't don't realize what you have until it gets taken away, right? It's too bad we're not nicer to each other. I mean, here's a guy who's like really in... A, nice a deep, dark other. place, and I'm making fun of him for how he puts his well, headphones Yeah, on. you take that low road often, don't you? You want to jump road. on that. You do. You just low jump road. on that. I'm going to take the low road with the Sears repairman. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that. Oh, oh, boy. You want to see a low road. <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never. Okay, so at the, at the top of the show, uh, if you missed this, Kath was going. Uh, and, you know, you, I feel bad because, you know what? You're talking to the phone room, and those poor people, they're just trying to get the job done. Right. But the person, you mean when I was yelling? The person I was yelling at was the manager. Oh, okay, I had okay. I was not going to yell at the person who was just answering the phone. Thank you. I was gearing up to yell at the person who could actually do something and who deserved my wrath. And and I gave it. Mm-hmm. And the, it and it achieved nothing. No, of course not. It achieved nothing. Did they call you back? Because it's useless. Did they call you back? No. In all the years I've worked with you, you've never done this, and I was surprised. I was kind of arts and armor. You sort of pulled the radio trump card. I was like, whoa. (laughs) She's like, let me tell you, I'm going to have a radio. I'm going to go on the air here in just a minute. I'm going to make ill of you. I'm like, whoa, Kath. I have not done that. I've been been much nicer than I expected. All of a sudden, you know, I get sucked into it. It's the John and Kathy show, and there I am, like, you know, me versus the appliance people. It's the retribution hour. Holy shit. On the ride home. Exactly. All right, listen. Speaking of retribution, um, have you seen Mike Infinity War yet? No. Okay, I haven't either. So no spoilers. Don't tell me anything you know. What's okay, this? Not oh, this is a, a, some action it. adventure thing. Who cares? Infinity War. Seriously. How does John not know what Infinity War is? Doesn't uh, matter. 
Mike, or what's her name? You're John. That's Mike. Uh, my name is John Hall. The I'm show Mike. is called The Right Hand of John I was looking Academy. at you, but I said Mike. Mike's Listen, the fragile one. Like... Poor Mikey's so fragile. It's not fragile. He's so fragile. Not fra- okay, <laughs> this is... Oh, you're fragile. This is The Avengers. Okay, this is like what's been... Ha- like all these movies together have been gearing up for this. Is this like number 53 in the series? Okay. Go back and see some car crashes. Let me tell you the news. Oh, wow. Let me tell you the news story from today. Mike, you're going to love this. John will mock it, but I don't care. Did you hear today that Robert Downey Jr., who's Iron Man, love him? Chris Evans, who's Captain America, my yeah. personal favorite. Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor. Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, and Scarlett Johansson, who's Black Widow. Did you know, Mike, that today they all got the same Avengers tattoo? What? Yes. Oh God. Why weren't we invited? Same they Avengers did. Tattoo. They got matching tattoos. That is so like low the, rent. Like the yes. logo. Yes, isn't that great? No. That's How ridiculous. is that? Hello, Brent. That's awesome. That's so on. awesome. Okay, who's your favorite Avenger? Oh, Iron Man. Oh, wow, Hands that down. was easy. Hands down. Okay, Iron I love Iron Man. I like Iron Man. I lo- but Captain America is my fave. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? The leader, yeah. You know what I'm going to do because of the matching tattoos? I'm going to wear my Iron Man shirt tomorrow. Oh, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say you're going to get a. How many other people are going to do the same thing? A lot. Right, but it's not as cool if we do it because they're the original Avengers. So the fact that they have the tattoo is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, John? When, and like 20 years from now, when they're all droopy with like sad skin, they're going to go, no, that was me. That was me as the Avenger. No, because there's something. Right? That's exactly it. He, Mike, he doesn't get it. I do not. No, he doesn't. Nor do I care. Fine. We need to have a Marvel marathon with John. Maybe. Maybe we can maybe a mar- like a Marvel intervention. Yes. <laughs> All right. Press that button, Mike. In your fragile state, just press that button. One hundred one point five W O R D. This week from Chuck Swindoll, two more different people never stood eye to eye: the Son of God and adulteress. That woman who deserved to be condemned never heard those words from Jesus. Hear a message of compassion and empathy when Chuck Swindoll continues our study in the Gospel of John on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. The nation's largest Christian music festival, Creation Northeast, celebrating its 40th anniversary, returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, June 27th through the 30th, featuring Toby Mack, 14 and Country, Jeremy Camp, Bethel Music, Mandisa, Hillsong Young and Free, Jordan Feliz, a special reunion of classic Petra and more. Plus speakers Tony Nolan, Reed Saunders, Keith Adamson, Abdul Murray, Vince Vitale and more. Four jam-packed days of music as well as inspiring worship and teaching on our new worship stage. Where the word of God is shared in spirit and in truth. Plus children's entertainment, candle lighting service, camping under the stars and more. Join thousands of believers at Creation Northeast with over 75 bands and speakers. June 27th through the 30th. Tickets and more available online at creationfest.com. Don't miss out on Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer. Maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. Hi, Tom Bodette with a message for our military friends on Libo. Next time you're Oscar Mike, grab your Alice and beat feet just a few clicks down the road to Motel 6. Here you can bunk for buku savings. In fact, these low prices are so Sierra Hotel, you'll be more at ease when you're at ease. So even if your ETA is O-Dark 30, Motel 6 has always got your, well, your 6. Book online at motel6.com. Bodette, out. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. 
You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop Saturday, May 19th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, this is Tunchuk, and kick off your Memorial Day weekend with me and my good buddy Craig Wolfley on Saturday, May 26th at the Great Lawn across from Heinz Field for our 16th annual Walk for the Homeless. The fun begins at 8 a.m. and ends with lunch and festivities. Money raised that day will benefit Light of Life Rescue Mission, an organization that provides food, shelter, and hope for Pittsburgh's homeless and hurting. There are many ways to get involved, form a team to walk, become a business sponsor, or volunteer. For more information, visit Light of life.org or call 412-258-6128. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping, like today. Stay road ready for half the price. Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw will change your oil and filter for half off at just $19.95. For repair and maintenance, ASC certified techs, Napa parts, and a fair price, go with Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. And graduation season is upon us. Now, you and I, in our listening audience, we don't necessarily share all the angst that those recent graduates or soon-to-be graduates share. Remember those moments? Clearly, I remember them. Were you freaked? Yes. What lies ahead? What am I going to do? Yeah. How am I going to I mean the 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 transition in what life is like as a student and what life is like as a worker is ni- I'm telling you it is night and day. <laughs> and the skills shock. you have at one often don't carry over. Really? You think that's true? Oh yeah, I think some people who are who really thrive in a university atmosphere have a hard time doing a 9 to 5. Go into that. Why, why, why do you think that? Well, I think that the college atmosphere often is a lot – Well, I, and I'm talking as a liberal arts student, so it's a little different. I didn't train as an engineer or you know, right, right, right. as a, a physician or a nurse or anything that was, that's particularly technical like that. But since I was a liberal arts major, there was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of debating issues. There was a lot of – You stay, mean kind of what you're doing now. Exactly. There was a lot of staying up late. There was a lot yeah, of yeah. you know that sort of thing. And then the workforce does not appreciate the that. workforce doesn't care about that. They just want no. you to be at your desk at eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, and cut the conversation. Yeah, let's right. go. Put the cup of coffee down. Well, uh, Erica Young Reitz joins us. Erica is the director of Senior Exit, a one-year experience that prepares graduating college seniors for the transition into the next phase of life. Erica works for the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, based here in Pittsburgh. She's at Penn State. But Erica has written a book called After College, Navigating Transitions, Relationship, and Faith. Erica, welcome back. How are you? Hi, John and Kathy. Thanks so much for having me. Always good. So, Eric, I'm sure I'm not the only person who went from being, you know, a liberal arts uh, major and staying up late and, you know, debating the great problems of the world and then having a hard time realizing that my boss just wanted me at my desk at a certain time the next morning. That's right. You are not alone. I can relate to that. I went to a liberal arts college and probably one of the biggest challenges for most of our students is learning how to put themselves to bed at a normal right. time so that they can be faithful to whatever the tasks are of the next day, like 
cut the Netflix binge and get get to bed at a normal time to be healthy for conversation in the morning and work in the morning. So, yes, and that's just one small facet of all the things that face us in the transition after college. Right. And, you know, Erica, we can take all the advice as as, uh, students, graduating students into the workforce and and all that. But until you go through the process, like anything, you don't really know, right? So those first months or weeks, if you're fortunate to come out of college and have a job, you know, that you're going to go into, that's a bad, brutal transition. So so talk to us about what you're doing with Senior Exit. I'm curious about this. That's right. You're right that sometimes we don't know what we don't know until we're out there. However, I think that what we've been noticing is there's a great opportunity in even just closing the gap between what students expect the transition to be like and what actually happens. And so part of the mission of Exit is one to normalize some of the struggle of the transition. And so we bring alums back to talk about some of their successes and some of their challenges so that when students get out there and they realize, well, this is harder than I thought or this wasn't exactly what I was thinking, they have those stories of, oh, this is actually normal. It's expected Mm -hmm. that I'd hit some bumps in the road. And then, you know, just every time we get together addressing a topic that's really crucial for leaving well, whether that's family relationships or finances or making friends after college, each time we're together, we hit on an issue that's relevant for leaving well. That's really good. What about students that don't study what we studied and do something technical, like they're trained to be a civil engineer or they trained to be a physician or, um, you know, uh, a tech, something like that? Is it different? Um, I'm sure there's there can be some disappointment and confusion if the job, if they don't feel like they're actually, they did all this training and they're not actually trained to be capable to take on a job right away. Sure. I mean, I think the challenges are unique as the students themselves. I was with um, students at a very technical college in Texas at Laterno University in March, and some of their challenges in preparing for the transition look a little differently than the students that are from a liberal arts college. But I don't think the transition is a respecter of major in that everyone is going to have something to deal with post-college. I think everyone's going to have some challenge. And there is going to be some of that disappointment for many students who expect the dream job right out of college and not realize, wow, I do have to pay dues, or maybe this didn't, this training didn't exactly prepare me for what I thought I was going to do after here. Think about some of our student teachers who, you know, wow, I was in the classroom, but this is way more overwhelming than what I thought it was going to be. Now, certainly some of those the students that I was with in March, they train for a specific thing and they will launch right into that trajectory and the jobs will be available to them. And they'll still have challenges building relationships or finding community or even managing a large salary for the first time that there's still facets of the transition that will face everyone. Right. Now, Erica, I I don't know if this is a a new phenomenon, but certainly the the commentary around it is. But what about uh, students who graduate and then don't put themselves out into the world where, you know, they don't get their own apartment, they don't have a, a job waiting for them, and they find themselves in that proverbial pit living in their parents' basement? I mean, there's a percentage of people who do do that, don't they? That's right. This whole adulting thing and the t- the term emerging adulthood that it's it's happening over time, not emerging. not instantly. Which um, and and for many students, we do want to give them grace that it does take time, and we also don't want to delay adulthood. I appreciated Meg Jay's book, The Defining Decade, and her key point was that you know the 30s are not the new 20s, and the 40s are not the new 30s. The decisions that we make early on do send us on a trajectory, and it's a lot harder to move forward once we've established a pattern of just hanging out in mom and dad's basement indefinitely. And so 
we talk to our students, if you're going to move back home, set a time limit. Talk to your parents about when you're going to move out. Maybe even pay rent or at least buy some steaks for them. Yeah. You know, do something that's showing I'm on, I'm on a forward track here. And certainly there are bumps in the road. And so I, I hold those things in tension. I don't want a student to feel like or a recent alum to feel like, you know, my life isn't happening if they didn't get the job right away or they have to spend a stretch under mom and dad's roof. And at the same time, let's not um, wander through our 20s indefinitely. What about school debt? Um, the cost of college has gotten has gone up so sickeningly over the last two decades. It's it's truly unbelievable. How does that enter into? Um, I mean, I, just knowing my own daughter who's in college right now, um, her thoughts about how much money she needs to earn so that she can pay what she has to pay is. I, I mean, it's always at the forefront of her mind. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge conversation right now, especially studies show that, you know, some of our students probably average about 30 grand in college debt. And some of the students I work with are um, carrying a much heavy load, heavier load out of college. And some are fortunate enough that they don't have that much debt. Uh, it is it is saddling so many of our students with this huge amount that is going to be difficult to pay back that they may be paying back. Um, to the point where, where their children are going to college, right. they'll still be making payments. And so um, I don't want to discourage anyone who may be listening, who's graduating with debt, that that's a really normal thing right now. And at the same time, I think the biggest thing is to make a game plan for how they can pay it off quickly. I love hearing from my alums who set a goal, like I'm going to pay this off by the time I'm 25, even if that means I'm taking a waitressing job on the weekends, or I'm, I'm putting more than the minimum payment towards it. And so um, I just encourage our students to make a game plan to get out of that debt as quickly as possible. Right. And there's excellent resources out there for that. I love um, Dave Ramsey's stuff, youneedabudget.com. There's lots of resources to get to get Gazelle about it. And Excellent. Mm-hmm. Erica Young-Reitz is with us. Erica is the director of Senior Exit. It's a one-year experience that prepares graduating college seniors for the transition into the next phase of life. Erica works at Penn State University for the Coalition for Christian Outreach, the CCO, but she's also the author of After College, Navigating Transitions, Relationships, and Faith. So, Erica, what about that student? And, you know, this is every Christian parent's dream, that they go through college, and then as they exit out, they still have their faith intact. And that does that does happen, you know, uh, despite the contrary stories to all that. But how about that? How does that young senior into adult adulthood now, how do they navigate that transition from, I've been at university, I've been faithfully attending, or, you know, going pretty much so to a university church, now I'm back on my own, or I'm with my parents, or I'm starting a new life somewhere. That that crater, that sort of big gap there is right for students to step away, because now they've been, you know, sanctified as adults on their earning, earning curve of their very own. It's a great question. I think that um, we never want to underestimate the social momentum that college brings in terms of helping us live out our faith when we're with people who we have the, the potential to be around people, even though in our classes we may not share faith. Most campuses have opportunities for Christians to gather, you know, to even show up at this hall at this time, and it's really easy to be a Christian in this space. I'm not saying that it's easy to live it out every moment, but when we leave college, uh, that social momentum may be removed. Some of our scaffolding and the supports in our life may be removed. And so I, this word may be cliche, but we tell our students, you have to be intentional. If you want this after college, you have to go after it. And so it's voting with our feet. I love hearing from alums who are like, "My, I don't even have furniture in my apartment, but I'm looking for a church this weekend. Or 
Um, I am seeking out community in this way. I'm exhausted. I just feel like going home after work, but I am going to show up at that midweek Bible study just because I know I need this and it's awkward, but I'm going to try it. And so we, we say push through the awkwardness to get to what's on the other side. Um, you know, get out of the rhythm and the rut of your week to build those relationships. Go to that company potluck, even though, you know, you may have a stomachache afterwards from the food, you know, just put yourself in places where you're going to find that community and to be intentional. You have to be intentional. That's good. Erica, thanks a lot. You're doing great work. We really appreciate your presence here. This is quality stuff. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for the work you guys do. Thank you. Pleasure's ours. Erica Young-Reitz, After College Navigating Transitions, Relationships, and Faith. Information about Erica on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. dream of owning your own home dollar banks free mortgages for mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle you'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt you can even get help with restoring bad credit Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 19th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit MortgagesForMothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at unbound.org. The question is, what did you get her for Mother's Day? Tom. A socket set? No. Stanley. A vacuum cleaner? No. Michael. Tickets to Ladies' Night Out with Amy Barnes? Correct. Tell him what he's won. Michael, you win hero status when you send her and a friend to Ladies' Night Out Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church Moon Township. A night of carefree shopping, VIP dining, and side-splitting entertainment with comedian Amy Barnes. Friday, Mother's Day weekend. RSVP now at wordfm.com. So I went to the mall to shop for a new workout outfit. I went in the athlete's foot at the mall, which is kind of an unfortunate name for a shoe store, isn't it? That's a foot fungus. Athlete's foot. Foot fungus. Got some socks there at the athlete's foot. (laughs) Had to pick up a pair of sunglasses over the pink eye hut. Swing by that cold sore kiosk. Get some lip balm. Terrible name for a shoe store, right? The athlete's foot. I have the same problem with the dress barn. (laughs) Woman wants to buy a dress at a barn, right? You have that in my size. What is that, hogs or heifers? (laughs) That's funny, but it's rough, isn't it? I don't get dress barn. You know what? I've never been inside Dress Barn. That's smart. But I was talking to a, a friend of a friend, and mm-hmm. I was making fun of the Dress Barn. Oh, no. She was wearing a Dress Barn dress. She says, I shop there regularly. And so you thought, I'm a, I I'm should a, I'm a, I'm a big bum. quit talking. I'm just a bum. What am I doing? And, and I was like going, ha, 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 ha. I'm thinking I'm like all funny and witty. Ha, ha, ha. A Dress Barn. Well, well, well. She's going, that's my favorite store. <laughs> There you go, you said, That's a shame. Hey, John, just zip it, okay? Mm-hmm. Please, just go away. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Um, as a man, mm-hmm. I mean, you are a man. You can change that. Thank you. Do you shop for your own clothes? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Do I shop? Like, well, 
Like somebody, like my wife shops. Just like she, yeah, she a lot of men have their wife shops for their clothes. Uh, that would be never. Really? Ever. <laughs> wow. Never. Wow. That's, you seem so certain about that. that. My wife does. She shops for you? She buys you your clothes? Yeah. She'll just be like, hey, I got you some stuff. And then, of course, I, I prove it. I'm not doing that. I prove it. Of course you do. I'm not doing that. Look, my wife has good taste. Yeah. But I, I'll be happy to take her. Like for a major purchase, Yeah. I'm buying a new suit. Yeah. I want my wife's eyes to come and check me out. Okay. But for every everyday stuff? Absolutely not. Well, that's fascinating. Okay. Why? Do you buy your husband's clothes? Heck yeah. What? Well, because if I didn't buy my husband's clothes, that's he true. wouldn't buy I, clothes. I, I get that. You're right. I mean, about we know that. Eric, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, Eric has. I don't think no. Eric has bought anything, any bit of clothing for himself since our marriage what? began. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm pretty sure that's for so 25 years he He's has not never purchased one, one item of clothing for himself. Shoes, socks, underwear, none of that. Yeah, a couple of those things. I'm sh- okay, socks and underwear, yeah. Okay. But like the fashion accoutrement. No shoes. I buy his shoes. Really? I buy his, his shirts. Shoes? I mean, he, he'll go with me, but I'll pick them out. Really? Yeah. I mean, his, yeah. I, I can't think okay. of him. Yeah. Uh, like, I if, like that. If Eric said, I don't like if that I said to Eric, hun, why don't you go to the mall and get yourself some new clothes? <laughs> yeah. First of all, he'd have to think about where the mall is. Okay, that's first thing. Second thing, he would literally have no idea what store to go to. He wouldn't even know. I love that. Oh, that's so that's so far. He'd walk away. into like White House Black Market because I go there, uh, yeah. and he'd be like, "I don't, I don't, What's see, I don't see anything here that fits me." Oh like, my yeah, he has no idea. Huh? Wait, wait, we we uh, played some Amy Amy Barnes. That's right. We didn't even talk about no, the fact we, that well, it's right this by. Friday. Yeah. This Friday night is Ladies Night Out. Yeah, it's May 11th, right? Yeah, and there are still tickets available at wordfm.com. Well, go, she's funny. She, uh, she's, she's so hilarious. funny. Yeah. Especially, I just want to recommend the VIP thing again, simply because it includes your food. It includes extra time with Amy. We can hang out for longer. Um, you know, John and Mike are going to do a little dance routine, we which I know gonna is going to be super good. We'll be shopping. We are not going to show. You're going to shop for Mike, and Mike's going to shop for no, you. No, that's not happening. I'm going to shop for Eric. No, no, we're not going to be there. You know, <laughs> please do. Wordfm.com to go buy those tickets. Yeah, for we Ladies really Night want Out. you to Friday be there. there. Tickets are still available. Yeah. Wordfm.com. Plus, check out Kath. You know, Kath in front of a room full of people. She's funny. Oh yeah, she's good. I'm telling I'm gonna, you, she's I'm gonna, excellent. I'm going to bring my best stuff. No, no, she's good. She really I highly recommended me. I'm kind of like a piece of cardboard. Yeah, I'll do but like. Kath like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. I'll do she's like got a, it going on. I'll do like a tap routine. No, she's good. Do a little thing. Hey, you know what I well, should she's do? she's always put together very well. You know what I should do? Tell me. A flag routine. Oh, oh no. no. Yes, because I was in, flag line in, in the flag line in high school, and I could pull out one of those old things. I could I could do that. Please tell me you don't like flag worship. Really? Or you like <laughs> flag, flag worship? worship. Please tell me you like uh, please tell me you don't that's like a little that. rough for me i can't it's hard for me i mean I, I, I want it to come out of somebody's heart and so i don't want to denigrate that but it's a little hard for me to enter flag into. worship especially is like, once you've been on the flag line and marching band oh yeah then you just can't because you're just all full of like contempt for those people well, right flag just worship, you want to do a john philip zeus listen i think <laughs> flag worship is like one step below mine oh you think it is oh no oh yeah Oh, Lines yeah. are great. No, 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 They're no. I do a not lot go more to church. Than flag I'm not going to church to be entertained by mimes. I do not get that. I just do not. That kind of creeps me out. I can see you doing that, Joe. Oh, please. Do you remember years ago when you decided never <laughs> to have mimes on the show as guests <laughs> <laughs> for radio? Yeah, we had two mimes. It on. was a quiet segment. They were fun. They were good guys. They were very good guys.
I like them. I like them a lot. How did, the, were, how did the miming translate on the radio? Not well. Okay. But years ago, before you joined me, I had people who would bring cats on the air. <laughs> what the heck was I thinking there? There's a learning curve to the job. Just a little bit of learning they curve. They brought cats into the studio? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. That did not. Thank God I wasn't around. Oh, boy. I'm highly good. allergic to those things. Yeah. Oh, anyway, go, go to Ladies Now. Anyway, Ladies Now, coming up this Friday. Tickets available at wordfm.com. Right. Always appreciate your presence with us. Uh, we meander. We go back and forth. We do, and we're in recovery because last night's grief was very deep when the pens fell to the caps. I hate even saying it out loud. It just hurts me that that even happened. It's always next year. Yep. There's always next year. It was, a, it was an exciting playoff. Mm-hmm. It always is. And uh, lift the veil. Go and enjoy your life right now. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. The veil's lifted. Go enjoy your life. You're free. You're free. The sun's shining. The grass needs cut. So get out there and, you know, maybe next year. Go Pens. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Lonnie Chen of the Hoover Institution for... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.